What is up, everyone? Welcome to the Cub Cooker Supernatural Podcast. My name is Jacob Cooker, but my friends call me Cub, and you should too. Every day on the Cub Cooker Supernatural Podcast, we explore faith, spirituality, and ultimately the realms of the paranormal and supernatural realities that we should all be experiencing every day. This is episode number 307, Enoch's Journey, Ancient Astronauts and Cosmic Revelations. I'm going to be reading today from the book of Enoch, chapter 17. I've got to count Roman numerals, chapter 17. Um, and as we get into this, um, I hope it sparks some questions, uh, comments, and different ideas. Maybe reinterpret this text for yourself. Uh, maybe go on a brand new journey with me and everyone here within the community. So welcome, everybody. You guys can drop questions, comments anytime uh, live on Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, YouTube, Twitter. Um, and then we'll be shortly posted over on the audio podcast. If you haven't said that, go check it out at cubcooker.com. C-U-B-K-U-K-E-R.com. You can find all my social medias over there. C-U-B-K-U-K-E-R.com. Uh, and subscribe, follow wherever you'd like over there. So uh, let's see. All right. We've got uh, Tizam. Welcome. Uh, Oyura, welcome. How are you? Emma, of all Emmas, welcome. Angela, welcome. How are you doing? Good afternoon, my friend. Jonathan Franco, thanks for being here. Victor Victor. What's up, my friend? Brent, thanks for joining. Um, so the book of Enoch chapter, let's see, 15, 16, 17. We're in the uh, Enoch's journeys through the earth and Sheol. Now this is, when I say the book of Enoch chapter 17, there is not a chapter 17 in the singular book of Enoch. The singular book of Enoch is very, very short. This is the collected works, the book of Enoch or the books of Enoch, uh, which has a ton of different uh, chapters and verses and books in it. So there's a bunch of different sub books in it. Highly recommend reading this one. This is at sacred-texts.com, sacred-texts.com. Uh, Winopus, welcome, my friend. Always interesting content. I appreciate you, my friend. I definitely try to have interesting content. I hope I said your name right. If not, my apologies. Um, and I put this image on the screen today. If you're watching on Facebook, YouTube, Instagram, uh, or excuse me, uh, LinkedIn, or Twitter, uh, one of these days, the social media gods will allow us to tie everything together. Right now, they don't. But I put this image over here of a, an archaic spacecraft. Um, we're going to see that Enoch is describing... Uh, essentially a space station. He goes to the ends of the earth where humanity is not allowed. And uh, I personally believe it's a space station. I believe it's a space port to leave our planet. And uh, the mountains he's describing with different colors, I believe that they're uh, different spacecrafts that are ready to launch off. Probably for different factions on the planet. We don't know. <clears throat> but that's personally what I believe. Uh, I find it fascinating, and we're about to read it here. So chapter 17, Enoch's journey through the earth and Sheol. And they took and brought me, Enoch, to a place in which those who were there were like flaming fire, 
And when they wished, they appeared as men. And they brought me to a place of darkness and to the mountain, uh, the point of whose summit reached heaven. And I saw the places of the luminaries and the treasuries of the stars and the thunder and the uttermost depths where the fiery bow and the arrows of the quiver and a fiery sword and the lightnings. Um, again, I th th this seems like if you're seeing a spaceport with rockets going back and forth or spacecrafts going up and down, um, you're going to think of these as arrows coming off of the fiery bow. If you're above that spaceport, um, you're going to see the fiery bow or the curvature of the earth looking towards the sunset, and you're going to see the arrows shooting up and down, taking off. Does that make sense? Are you guys with me here? Frequency healing. What's up, my friend? Yes. Uh, thank you. Sorry uh, about the late stream today. You know, I it takes me at least eight hours to prep the content every day. And I got a little bit of a late start. If I don't get up at the crack of dawn and if I don't have any distractions during the day, I had something I had to do for a friend that took me several hours this morning um, dealing with Internet stuff. And uh, it just puts me behind. And that's fine. I mean, I, I need to do other things often um, to take care of uh, other things in my life. So, um, but I appreciate your understanding. Uh, that's just how it goes here, especially with how content has to be made now. I edit everything on the computer. Then I have to transfer it over and I have to wait for Wi-Fi and stuff to get it on my phone so I can post it. Um, just so you know, my posting schedule now too is a lot more concrete. Um, so I'll be going live between three and four every single day. Um, that's my normal live stream Monday through Friday, Saturdays and Sundays are going to get regular content. There are four content banks. Now there's a morning, um, an afternoon an evening and a nighttime posting schedule. So I'm posting my morning schedule is going to, going to be between 8 and 11. Afternoon is going to be between 11 and 2. Evening is going to be between 2 and 5. And night is going to be between 5 and 9. So those are kind of my chunks of posting. With that, I'm posting uh, reels and shorts. I'm posting longer form content now, three-minute videos. Um, also posting um, a lot of different artwork with quotes from stuff we're learning, and then more of a blog type post for you guys. So that's four slots a day with 12 pieces of content going out all day, every day. So I hope you guys enjoy that. Uh, should keep me in your ecosystem a lot more uh, than just the live stream. So the live streams, the reach on those kind of falls at a certain point. Not everybody gets to see those. This gives me a much better uh, spread. So thank you guys for, for understanding that. Uh, Tara Edits, what's up, my friend? Tara Edits says, wow, your new uploading schedule seems pretty exciting. I can't wait. Thank you, my friend. Yes, it is. Um, and I did some testing with it last week. Worked really well. Um, I'm just getting it tweaked in where I'm better at it and I can get some assets saved and kind of my process and flow uh, in check so it's quicker and easier and uh, looks better and better. So anyway. Hello, Shelly. How are you doing, my friend? If you're just listening on the audio podcast, by the way, this is uh, kind of like we call a call-in show here. I take comments, and so I talk back and forth to people. So this is kind of an inside uh, feel of, of more what I do. If you watch the short content, 
This will give you a better idea of how I can converse with people and people converse with me. What's up, Alexandra? Um, and so I'm going to continue reading here, but um, he's seen the lightnings. He's seen this fiery sword, the bows, uh, the bow, the fiery bow and the arrows and the quiver. And, and again, I just really think that is this. Um, if you're an archaic person and you've gone up in a spacecraft and you're over a spaceport, you're at the ends of the earth where humanity does not tread. It says where no flesh can go. And now he's thinking about all of his other brothers and sisters and uh, nieces and nephews and forefathers and um, offspring and things like that. Like the flesh, the human flesh cannot tread on this place because it's locked off to them. This is for the gods. It's a spaceport for the gods. So think he's seeing the fiery bow and then the arrows leaving. I mean, literally, that's what it looks like. If you're high above the earth and you see the sunset and then you're seeing the arrows, these rockets going and they're shooting off the earth. Think about what that would look like. Doxa, how are you doing? Howard Vargas, I hope you're having a good day, my friend. Uh, Frequency Healing says it's all good. This is actually perfect timing. Just got home. Awesome, Ashley. Glad to hear that's why I do between three and four, because often if I go live at three, our four o'clock crowd doesn't get to see me. Um, so I kind of vary it, you know, a little bit on purpose, a little bit on just how my schedule flows. But it does seem to work out where we get different people. And that's a good thing. So nobody left out. That's what I'm, I hope for. So um, Tara Edit says, oh, I also like the way you're doing uh, your videos now, like with all the pictures that you include in it. It's pretty cool. Thank you. Yes, that's been a very big change recently uh, to my editing where it's not just me in front of a green screen. It's me back and forth with a lot of different photos that are created specifically uh, using AI artwork for that edit, for that specific video to tell a story as I share different scriptures, ideas, mythologies. Uh, so that's a big, big change that's taken a lot of extra time, but I am working on tweaking that in. Um, ultimately, got a fantastic editing software now that's really allowed me to do all the captions and everything in edit, which is fantastic. So uh, keeps us guessing, LOL, Ducks says. Yeah, absolutely. Stephen Schwartz, hey, family and tribe, how are you, my friends? Uh, we are doing good here today. Ashley says, hey, loves. Hey, Ashley. Um so what do you guys think? Let me know what you think about this. Like, to me, this very specific set of verses in the Book of Enoch almost proves ancient astronaut theory, or at least proves that he was seeing entities leaving the planet, going back and forth. The bow and the arrows, to me, is a dead giveaway. Um, and then this is another dead giveaway as we get into verse 4 in chapter 17 here. And they took me to the living waters... And to the fire of the West, which receives every setting of the sun. What's the fire of the West? It's the sun set on the clouds. It looks like fire in the West. If you live in West Texas like I do, it literally looks like a sunset. Um, it looks like fire on the horizon. And so, again, I, I can't imagine what else he would be uh, seeing with this. So... Um, and then here's a nighttime view of that very, um, you know, this kind of archaic spaceport spacecraft thing. I wanted to share that too. Had a couple of different images I like today. Um, so let's see. Um, let's get into this. Tara Edit says Enoch does not mention him seeing luminaries and then separately saying uh, he's seen certain stars. 
this would probably imply that Enoch is trying to separate planets from stars in the best way he can. Very good. Very good catch, my friend. Yes. So he does mention luminaries and stars. And so, you know, it doesn't make, especially to us, we're like, well, what's the difference? But that's a very good point. Something I did not catch. Thank you for sharing that. Um, that's why I like having the talkbacks here. Um, because, yeah, that makes a lot of sense. He's he's looking at, you know, what the Sumerian mythology calls the great gods, the planets. Um, they're the greater gods. Um, and then the Anunnaki are the little G gods or the uh, the lords. And then you have the uh, Ajiji, which are their workers, which are uh, the lesser gods. And then you have humanity, which are under all of them. And there's like these hierarchies in these places. That's why Enoch talks about angels leaving their stations amongst the great gods, amongst the stars uh, and amongst the planets and falling to earth um, to bring knowledge to humanity and, and ultimately being judged for that by certain lords, as we see. Certainly not the most high God, as we've talked about many times on this channel. Uh, to think that that's high God, it doesn't make sense. It makes more sense to understand this was a, a very powerful Lord during that time in the hierarchy of these ancient astronauts. So again, very controversial theory here. I'm not saying it's true, but I'm saying it's the most plausible explanation I can come up with for why we have all these texts that seemingly sound exactly the same. And one of the things I want to help do today, now that we're almost 15 minutes in, is I want to help people decode the Book of Enoch. So, like, I'm going to just go ahead and show my screen here um, and what I'm actually reading from this text. If I can get over here. There we go. Um, because this is just really, really fascinating to me. So, um, there it is, Book of Enoch. Okay, so think about this, guys. Um, here we are, Book of Enoch. Um, I just read all of this. But I really want to get into this. And they took me and brought me to the place uh, where those who were there were like flaming fire. And when they wished, they appeared as men. And they brought me to a place of darkness, to the mountain, to the point uh, whose summit reached heaven. Um, a place where those who were there were like flaming fire. And when they wished, they appeared as men. I mean, imagine this already, guys as again we can read that esoterically and go these are interdimensional beings and they're psychic entities and he's having a vision and these are elementals and they're appearing as men or he's looking at a ship that's parked that's off gassing and has leds and fire and a lot of movement under it and when they wish they appear as men meaning the entity is now coming down on uh on the steps or on a conveyor belt or on um you know a hatch and being able to appear as a man like that that's what an archaic man if i lived back then in the time of enoch and i had no idea no idea what technology was um this is what i would interpret that as i would go these things are fiery um they're all on fire. I'm in this place where no man is tread, uh, where no flesh walks, and these gods are appearing as men to me. So that that's how I would interpret. It. I don't know about you. Uh, Doxa says, could it be a WAR weapons between the gods? Evidence of molten megalithic stones and ancient science. 
Yeah, absolutely. And and actually, not particularly in this verse, but in other verses, definitely. And then I just watched a thing on the biblical city of Sodom and Gomorrah. Um, and whatever your take is on that and why that city was destroyed, that's totally up to you. I'm not going to get into that um, because that is a hot button issue on the interwebs. Um, and I'm not here to judge anyone whatsoever. And I certainly don't think that that city was destroyed because of the sin that everybody thinks it was. I think it was for something much different, which I think is clear in the biblical text. And I might talk about that privately with our community at some point. Um, but ultimately for me, I was watching an archeological show and they really have found pottery there that looked like it was glazed. Um, and glazing didn't happen until much, much later. But when they look at the other side of it, it's normal pottery. And it's like the outside of this pottery was glazed with the sandblast turning to glass. And it wasn't all the way around certain pieces of pottery. It's only on certain sides. So it literally looks like a heat signature, a heat event is what they were calling it. Um, and their theory was that it was an asteroid. Uh, but again, you got to think of an asteroid, how it hits. Um, it has to create more displacement than heat because of the mass of it. But if you have something with a small mass that creates a lot of heat, it creates the displacement from the heat and the energy signature. And then you get all of the silt and, and bedrock and everything coming back down and just covering anything that was standing there. Hence Lot, Lot's wife being turned to a pillar of salt, not actual salt but more like the gypsum, the limestone, everything that's in the soil just piling up. If you were to see, um, you know, a statue of someone or a pillar standing there and, and he looks back and that's all that's left. Um, that's kind of where that imagery comes from, if that makes sense. So um, pretty interesting, pretty interesting. So I just really want to get everybody to think outside of that box. And as we interpret these texts, Take some of the esotericism out of it. You guys know I love esotericism. I love um, all the different ideologies and star charts and how things line up. And like we can look at this and think of these as elemental beings, or we can look at it in a very pragmatic. He is clearly worshiping astronauts uh, that are highly evolved, highly technically advanced. And he's going to worship them because they have so much prowess over him just like we might do now if something came and was time traveling right you know if somebody came from the stars now we'd be like sweet what's that technology like give us that so we can get out of here easier um i don't think we would worship them but but the choice was to be enslaved to them back in bible times and and earlier because the word worship means enslavement or um, servitude and so that's what they were choosing to do because uh, they were bringing resources, technology. They understood weather patterns. They understood all kinds of different things. They could give a word that was prophetic based on um, algorithms and science that then would be interpreted by these prophets as it's a prophetic word, right? So we just blatantly misinterpret these things all over the place, especially when you get into the spirituality uh, I've heard people go all over the place with the Book of Enoch with spirituality and not look at the clear facts that, you know, he's talking about something that he saw here. I mean, he's talking about flaming fire uh, when they wish they appeared as men. I mean, just for me, if I'm making a movie out of this, 
it's going to be a ship with flaming fire that's kind of blinding him and then he's seeing a man coming out of it and then they brought me to a place of dark darkness into a mountain the point of whose summit reached the heaven and i saw the places of the luminaries so they brought him to a what did they bring him to they brought him to this they brought him to let me bring it up here just just so you guys can you know get there we go. There's his his mountain, right? Um, whose summit reached the heaven. He gets in it. Then he sees the places of the luminaries and the treasuries of the stars and the thunder and the uttermost depths where the fiery bow and arrows and their quiver and a fiery sword and all the lightnings. Now, why does he call it the uttermost depths? Probably because he felt a falling sensation, right? Probably because he felt like he was going down. He probably went up and then he went into the free fall zone around our earth where he felt like he was going down. And as he curves around and now he's in free fall around the earth and then the sky has opened up. He sees where all the luminaries are. He feels like he's seeing the depths. You know, it's very watery. It's very, very ethereal for him. He's never been there, right? Never been there. Grayson Lee, thank you, my friend. I really appreciate your comment. Um, thank you. I, I love the encouragement, need the encouragement, want the encouragement. Uh, what about an aerial blast? Um, yeah, I mean, absolutely. With, you know, the, the rockets firing off on this thing, I mean, he's going to hear all kinds of different things. Um, and we, we hear sounds and stuff in here, too. Uh, the fiery bow and arrows and their quiver and a fiery sword and all the lightnings. Took me to the living waters and to the fire of the West, which receives every setting of the sun. Now, I really want to get everybody out of their head on this one, too. I'm really trying to lay this out in the most pragmatic way possible because it, it's going to change your life when you start looking at things this way. Then you can get into the spirituality. Then we're going to get into that stuff. Then we'll get into what is your purpose here? Why are you here? What is what is or, you know, what or who is God? Um, and what is that relationship to you? Because it's not the things talked about in the book of Enoch. It's not the things talked about in a lot of the biblical canon, okay? We have mixed all these mythologies together, and it has hurt us spiritually. It has hurt our ascension, and I really want to help deconstruct people from that in the most loving, honest, respectful way possible. And when we read this text this way, he's got... Um, took me to the living waters and to the fire of the West, which receives every setting of the sun. The living waters, think about it. He's never probably seen an open ocean, right? He's seen it from, you know, the bank, maybe on, maybe on a boat, maybe. But he's never just been over it and watched it move as a living water with waves on it and all kinds of weather patterns. It's a living entity, an organism. He's seeing that from an aerial view where it's nothing but living waters. Think about that. Um, again, the over-spiritualizing uh, interpretation of this would be, oh, the, the living waters are what was in the beginning and God breathed on it. And he's seeing this spiritual substratum and God, let's get over that. Okay, these were real people and their gods were real people too. I fully believe if you subscribe to the ancient astronaut theory. This is the direction we have to take. 
If you don't, that's fine. There's plenty of other channels out there, but my channel is largely built on ancient astronaut theory. Again, a theory. I can't prove this, but I can tell you there's enough, enough mythologies, pictographs, writings, things carved into stone and effigies that are ancient that make me certainly believe and think that they were doing interplanetary uh, travel, they were doing space travel, or at least aerial travel with these ancient prophets and showing them these scientific mysteries, which were interpreted as spiritual energies. Uh, and, and you would get an energy from it. Every astronaut we've ever interviewed, it's a spiritual experience and it's fantastic. So uh, neighborhood Hermes, how are you, my friend? I've come across your videos and always felt like they're too short, just long enough for me to wish I followed you. Glad to see you're doing comprehensive live sessions. Keep up the good work, bro. Hey, I want to let you know, my friend, uh, this is actually episode 307. So I've done over 300 of these comprehensive sessions in the last year. Uh, many people don't know that. People that follow me for these longer sessions don't know I do short videos. Short video people don't know that I do the long ones. And I'm trying to do better about cross-promoting everything. So I've talked more about the podcast in my short videos. I'm trying to talk more about the short videos on the podcast. Just so everybody knows that I do have a very well-rounded content strategy. And if you like a little bit longer videos as well, uh, please consider joining as a member, uh, an insider member. You can join over at cubcooker.com starting as low as seven bucks a month. I mean, guys, you, you just you just can't beat it. Um, and over there on my website, if you just scroll down here, you'll see the Mythos Insider membership. Now, this one is our most popular one. Uh, we literally have several people joining this a day. Um, this is like set it and forget it. You get all the insider information. You're going to get our emails. Um, I normally send an email out once a week with a reminder. We have a Zoom-style call every Saturday. Yep, for 7 bucks a month, you get to get on a Zoom-style call with me and other people in the community and actually talk about this stuff. We do that every Saturday at 11 a.m. Central Standard Time. Um, we have also have a private community hub, which is similar to social media. But guess what? It's off of social media, and you don't have to deal with advertisements. You don't have to deal with algorithms or other people's opinions or seeing all the all the stuff from your friends and family that you don't really want to see while you're trying to focus on your own spiritual understanding and learning these concepts and developing your own opinions. And you don't have to worry about judgment from your friends and family over there because, again, it's a private community. And then you get the virtual meetups. We also have a brand new secret channel over there that has up to three minute videos on it where I get to just pick apart concepts and go a little bit deeper just for our community. I'm limited to 60 to 90 seconds on the shorts and reels platforms. So I'm able to do up to three minute videos over here uh, as a part of our mythos community. So if you're interested in that, check that out. There's also an upgrade option if you scroll down the page a little bit more where for a little bit more a month, you can get access to over 500 video trainings that are already ready to go and continually updated in my mystery academy. It's my own version of a mystery school. And uh, if you love what I teach and preach, then you're going to love that. So become an insider. Join our community. We lovingly call it our tribe. Go check that out. We love to have you in our Mythos Insider membership. It's a fantastic opportunity. Grab it right now for only 7 bucks a month. Thank you guys for your support over there. So um, 
anyway, I wanted to share that because again, super, super important for people that, um, that don't know that I do short form content, um, or long form content. This is, uh, uh, a common question I get. So I appreciate you dropping that question there. Uh, hyper open-minded slash pragmatic plus paranormal belief, blast of logic and respect. Kenny says, thank you, Kenny. I appreciate that, my friend. Um, neighborhood Hermes says, that's the love. I'll tap in for sure. Man, we'd love to have you over there, brother. Um, like I said, it's super easy. Two clicks, you're in. You can cancel anytime. Easy mode. And you just get to go a lot deeper with us, a uh, lot, lot more down the rabbit hole, stay in your ecosystem, in your inbox, and on your uh, your Zoom calls on the weekends, which is fantastic. And if you can't join the Zoom calls, we record them, and there's an archive of them, so you can go watch them and still be a part of it, still comment on them. So lots of love from Sweden. Keep up the good work, bro. Thank you, my friend. I appreciate that. So as we get into this, you know, um, now he's now we're in verse five here. And I came to a river of fire, which the fire flows like water and discharges itself into the great sea towards the west. Uh, there's a lot of different interpretations of this. My interpretation of this, guys, is clearly that he's finally getting to see a volcano. Never seen a volcano. He's probably over some islands looking. At, we've got a lot of volcanic islands on this planet. He's probably seen those for the first time watching a lava flow which he's never seen before so again very intimate details he's learning about our planet he's seen how the beauty of creation all of these things are working together in one cohabitable space with these biologic um ecosystems that are running the game right all of which i truly believe have spiritual energies of course uh but i find it fascinating that you know this is Something that's talked about, not many people understand what it means. Uh, and I think it's really, really cool to get into this. So you guys drop me some comments. I'm going to take some comments now. Uh, and then I'm going to go over um, just a little bit more of this verse. Uh, but you guys let me know, what do you think? Is this a good way to read it? Should we read it more spiritually? Should we read it uh, more pragmatically? Do you like the ancient astronaut theory? Does that actually make sense to you? Ancient astronaut theory being the idea that these ancient gods, the Elohim that are presented in the book of Genesis, the uh, Anunnaki presented in the Sumerian, Babylonian, Akkadian, and, and greater Mesopotamian works of mythology are clearly beings from the stars and that every culture has gods that came from the stars and brought gifts or technologies or knowledge. Uh, the fallen angels in the book of Enoch. Shelly says 100%. Thank you, Shelly. I appreciate that. Uh, so Shelly's on board with the ancient astronaut theory. Uh, you guys have probably heard this talked about a lot on Ancient Aliens, the television show, um, which I'm not affiliated with. Of course, I love that show, but I like to go a bit deeper into these texts than they're able to get in, in one episode of the show. So uh, this gives us a chance to really dive into it and talk about it. So um ashley thank you for the comment ashley says this is a great perspective uh if we had never had national geographic we would uh be so shook uh by even knowing volcanoes exist and that oceans look like from above spot on absolutely molly says 100 percent. thank you molly appreciate that uh kenny says yes to ancient astronaut theory definitely keep the celebration of star beings and Bible reference unveiling. Yes, yes, absolutely, my friends. So uh, I think it does. It, it makes sense. Angela says it makes sense. So that's good enough for me. 
Uh, Urban Floral, what is up, my friend, on Insta and Facebook? Let's go, Cub and fam. Absolutely. Um, so this, this for me is one of the things that makes the most sense with all of this. You know, he's clearly seeing a volcano here. He's seeing living waters and in, in an open ocean. Um, if you've ever been on an airplane above the ocean and you see it sparkling in the sunlight, um, you see all the little waves on it. It's living, it's living waters, right? And if you'd never seen that, you would be so tripped out. You'd be so shocked by this. You see the fire flowing from a vol volcano looking like water. Now he's seeing something that is maybe the most important thing to his time and place and culture here. And we're going to get into this. I'll take a couple of comments here. Uh, let's see. Uh, Moa, what's up, my friend? Moa says, ancient astronauts theory is the only theory that makes any sense, to be honest. Thank you, my friend. Glad you agree. Um, I like to keep an open mind for all different thoughts and opinions here. Of course, this is a big part of what my work is built on in all love and respect. Um, I'm not a scientist. I'm not telling you this is gospel truth. However, to me, to my logical mind, it's the thing that makes the most sense if any of these texts are even true. If they're true, to me, they have to be interpreted through ancient astronaut theory. If they're purely esoteric, we have readings for those too. So um, we'll do that on another episode. But uh, Molly says all the ancient cave pictographs give so much evidence. Absolutely. Yeah, and, and I'll be showing some of those too on future episodes. Uh, there's things like rockets, UFOs, disc-shaped UFOs, rockets, spacesuits, uh, breathing apparatuses on those spacesuits, um, different types of uh, technologies for embattlement. Um, I'll say embattlement because that's a, that's a $4 word. And that $4 word is not the W-A-R word that I don't like to say too much on the algorithms here. So embattlement technology. Um, again, the Brahmastra embattlement technology that's talked about uh, within the Hindu mythologies in the Bhagavad Gita, uh, hinted in the Bhagavad Gita. It's actually in the Mahabharata um, is where it's actually laid out. But but that, that technology being able to lay waste to even the other gods, you know, and it was something that was not supposed to be used if you read Zechariah Sitchin's book, I'll bring it up here. I love this book. It's called The Lost Book of Anki. Uh, they're debating and arguing over whether to use this technology on their planet. And then they do to try to create peace on their planet. And it ends up vaporizing part of their atmosphere. They have to come to Earth and then start mining gold to fix their atmosphere. So basically, they all had to vote on whether to use this thing or not. And then it backfired on them. And then we start building them because... We were given technology through visions and dreams. If you go watch uh, the movie Oppenheimer, you know, he's a brilliant scientist who just kept having visions of this, uh, this mathematical code he needed to create to create this technology. And then now humans have it. I mean, that's part of how the gods communicate with us through uh, ESP, uh, where we just get messages, right? We just have these aha moments uh, of this kind of gifted technology or ideas or whatever that is. A lot of what I talk about here is gifted by a higher source, gifted by a higher mind. You can call it my higher mind. You can call it God. You could call it an extraterrestrial faction, um, a universal frequency that's already encoded. That's actually how I think it works rather than, um, you know, aliens parked over our planet trying to beam information into certain people's heads. 
I believe they've planted a code in the matrix, a seed of conscious information at a certain frequency. And once you hit that frequency, that means cleansing yourself of things like sin or uh, the idea of sin, the idea of dualism, getting into meditation practices, then you're going to tap into this frequency in love and light. And you go, oh my gosh, pretty sure that the, the biblical God is an extraterrestrial entity who did not have humanity's best interest in mind. Then what was Jesus actually talking about? There goes my throat chakra. I just mentioned Jesus and then, um, wow. Uh, so what was Jesus actually talking about? He said, you know, my father is in spirit and in truth, right? That's very important. You must worship him in spirit and in truth. No man has stood before the father. He even told them you are worshiping that which you are like, right? Like you're worshiping Hasatan, the accuser. Uh, this is actually what you're doing. And they're like, no, 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 no. Our prophets stood before the father. And he's like, not my father. Um, so again, you don't hear that in church. So, but yeah, I highly recommend Lost Book of Anki by Zachariah Sitchin. You guys can scan that QR code at any time, by the way, um, and jump over there, grab a book. They're super affordable um, over on my Amazon. They help support the channel. And um, honestly, some of the best books to read to really start to understand all of this. Um, all right, let's take some questions. Uh, we talked about the living waters. Um, oh yeah, let me finish this and then I'm going to take some questions. So drop your questions and I'm going to get to them here in just a second. I saw the mountains of darkness of winter and the place whence all the waters of the deep flow. I saw the mouths of the rivers of the earth and the mouth of the deep. So we're talking about the Tigris and the Euphrates here. He's seeing these great rivers, maybe some of the most important things to his time and place and culture. These rivers were literally bringing life. In the epic of Atrahasis, the Ajiji, or the lower gods, the Watchers, a.k.a. the Gray Aliens, in my theory, um, and a lot of other people agree with me, they were digging the water courses of the Tigris and Euphrates, which is bringing life into the cities that they were building, okay? Because the natural rhythms of the earth had not lent itself to pushing water in those directions yet. So they're building these artificial cities with these artificial rivers to then take water from these springs and places where the water was held high up in the mountains, funnel it down through the valleys, through the deserts, bringing life into the deserts, creating a clear place like Eden or Adin in the Sumerian mythology that the gods built, the Anunnaki gods built Eden, which was an outdoor breeding farm, a place where if you left that, it was wilderness. If you were exiled from there, you are in the wilderness. Um, and the wilderness was not something you wanted to be in. It was nothing but dry desert, okay? The reason these places were lush and green was because they brought the water, they dug the water courses. In the Epic of Atrahasis, the gray aliens, the Ajiji, the lower gods were having a revolt because they're tired of working, and then they start, uh, the Anunnaki go, okay, well, I guess we can't work them to death, or to unalivement. So we'll create humanity. They start creating humanity and building these cities and building Eden and all of these things. And now you have, of course, you're going to worship these gods. They brought you life in the desert, welling up springs in the desert. One of the most famous Bible verses of all time used to bring me a lot of comfort. Oh, God's going to well up springs in the desert, in my desert of life. Okay. All I was doing with that, it didn't matter whether that verse was true or not. 
I made it true. I, I made a tulpa out of it. I created a tulpa God, a tulpa situation where I was receiving resources, even in what I was perceiving as a dry desert. When you realize that you are the creator, you realize that you can bring the water to the desert, that you are supposed to literally manifest the kingdom of God and that the quantum God or the true God, the metaphysical God that Jesus, Buddha and Krishna all spoke of is within you and you can manifest it and ask it to manifest that which you need or as you need. I will become that which I become or I will be as you need me to be the tetragrammaton, the four elements, the YHVH, not Yahweh as adapted or Jehovah or anything else like that, but actually the tetragrammaton, the magical code written into reality that says you are a God. You can wield the God source within you. You can contact it and you can manifest love and light and abundance everywhere you go. You can forgive sins. You can heal. You can bring sight to the blind. You can change the world. And that's actually what I believe, guys. That's where I believe these stories end and the truth begins because Jesus brought us what the nature of reality actually is. And it was metaphysical. You can call it new age if you want. You can call it woo-woo. You can call it metaphysics. You can call it physics. But the truth is, and even our modern physics say that everything is light, manifested, uh, slowed in vibration, and that when you observe it, it changes. It changes its pattern. It changes its polarities. It changes uh, the manifestation of it. So again, I'm not a scientist. Go look it up. Go look up the double slit experiment. Read into a little bit of scholarly papers on uh, quantum physics. It's fantastic. It's going to change your life. Start combining this with spirituality, then combine it with ancient astronaut theory. I promise you'll start seeing the truth. You'll understand who the gods were, who you actually are, what your birthright is, and ultimately what your inheritance is and where the kingdom of God actually is. Within all that, you'll discover who the quantum God is and what the quantum God is. How do you contact it every single day and how do you change your reality? You can honor the old gods or the lords like Lord Enki who clearly brought life to humanity and saved people, literally becoming one of the first saviors of humanity as he saved people from the flood, whispering through a reed bed to his half-son, Ziasudra, a.k.a. Atrahasis, as we talked about in the Epic of Atrahasis, a.k.a. Noah in the biblical canon. Do you guys see how all this is starting to spin in motion? You see how all the dots are connecting? You see how the picture gets bigger. All the puzzle pieces are starting to fall into place. That's why I do what I do. I love doing this, guys. Thank you, Ashley. Ashley says, beautifully said. Thank you, my friend. Absolutely. Melissa says, Chrissy says, peace, y'all. Uh, Kenny says, a micro focus on why several hundred pyramids, temples, and indigenous mounds all point to Orion's belt would be great. Great question, my friend. Um, another great theory on that is that, you know, you have this Orion's belt. Ashley knows more about this than I do, um, and certain factions of these extraterrestrial entities or our gods come from certain, uh, star systems. And that's ultimately what these are pointing to. Uh, and I find it fantastic. So the, uh, the Brahmastra is mentioned in the Ramayana. Thank you, Moa. I appreciate that. Uh, thank you for the correction there. Um, I've, 
do my best on Hindu mythology, but the Bhagavad Gita is really my bread and butter on that. So thank you for that. Um, I appreciate that. Uh, let's see. What's up, people? Sunspots uh, and CME are causing our rise in consciousness. Great awakening. Absolutely, my friend. I like to call these light codes, by the way. Um, I think there's information embedded in light. That's where you get the idea of an archangel, an arc of light, spectrums, specters, spirits um, that are embedded in light. And you get ideas when you're out in the sun, um, your consciousness raises. That doesn't mean if you're just out in the sun working all day that your consciousness raises. But if you're connecting with it consciously and asking it and receiving, that's where you're going to get the information. You can burn yourself all day long in the sun and not raise your consciousness. You can prove this because I come from a very long line of people who worked out in the fields. Lots and lots of farmers out in Iowa. No disrespect whatsoever to that profession, but I'm just saying consciousness is not just affected by being baked in the sun all day. It is affected by you recognizing and receiving those codes of light. You can literally go out in five minutes, meditate in the sun and receive a whole ton of information. If you quiet your reactive mind and open your higher mind, that's how you raise consciousness. Okay. Just working outside all day long or mowing lawns or whatever, it's not inherently raise your consciousness. In fact, it can be very dangerous for your skin. So uh, most people don't tell you that in spiritual TikTok land. So I wanted to kind of put that disclaimer out there. Uh, David Highland, what's up, my brother? How are you doing? David says, great insight, and I sure can't explain it like you, but sure share your insight. Jesus, Buddha, the great teachers have always been available. Amen, my friend. Amen. I love that. David, thank you for being here, my friend. Be sure and follow. Don't miss out. These algorithms are hard. You may never see me again. If you like what I'm doing, follow me on all socials that you're on. I appreciate it. At C-U-B-K-U-K-E-R. You can also find it over on my website, www cubcooker.com. I just have to remind people all the time, follow me on all socials, Instagram and YouTube, especially. Uh, those are some, some core socials that I need some, some boosts on. So give me, give me some boost over there. I appreciate that. Uh, Chrissy says, I love going to the astronomy park. I usually feel something there. Oh my gosh, that's awesome. I don't know where you're at. I wish I had an astronomy park. That would be awesome. Um, let's see. I'm on TikTok here. Questions on TikTok. Let me scroll up. Uh, I want to hear uh, what you're getting, Jacob, for September. There is no right or wrong. It's all experience. Um, okay, so Carol, good question. What am I getting for September? Major shift coming, okay? Even if nothing changes on paper, even if everything continues to run smoothly in our societies, um, I think there's a huge opportunity here for those who have been, I think this is like the awakening 2.0 or 3.0 or 5.0 or whatever. I went through my awakening coming out of 2020. A lot of other people did too. It was like the first wave of volunteers went through the great awakening in 2020. I think that's what September is this year. There are so many people right now, they're looking at their bank accounts, they're looking at the economy, politics, socioeconomic. Uh, they're looking at just the state of the world, all the weather events going on, and they're going, what the heck is going on? And I'm not going to talk about any of that from any point of view, conspiracy or non-conspiracy. You guys make up your mind. Be aware of what's going on. Look at the signs and the clues. That's all I can tell you. But I am saying you got more people that are going to go, wait a minute. 
this is so messed up. Like, what is really going on? You're going to have people run to the book of Revelation. That's the explanation. You're going to have people run and look at star charts. That's the explanation. You're going to have people look at the leaders of the world and go, that's the explanation. What is the explanation? The explanation is that anytime there's an awakening, there's a shaking. Okay, whenever you have consciousness vibrating out of space and time, vibrating out of the status quo, it creates different shifts and ripples and rifts in time, space, consciousness. You're going to see things like Mandela effects. You're going to see things like wars and rumors of wars. You're going to see things like, um, you know, got a lot of people over here struggling and complaining about economy and all of this stuff. And then you're going to be on a different wavelength and go, wait a minute, if I create reality, why don't I just create the opportunities that I need? Why don't I ask for them and receive them? And I'm going to live in a whole different reality here. And that's actually what I've been experiencing for September. I've been living my best life since September started. And that's been, um, you know, a huge blessing for me. There's my wife home. So I'm going to slam the door and let her know I'm still alive. I didn't actually mean to slam it, but I have the window open, so the wind pushed it. Um, but I think that we have a real opportunity as we go into September to just manifest the actual kingdom of God, where there are so many opportunities for you and me, so many things uh, that are going to keep us going, surviving, and thriving. And people are going to look to us going, what in the heck do you have? You know, And what, what people used to say, people would look to the Christian church, they're not anymore, guys, and and no offense to that tradition, but they have ignored the data for far too long and held on to dogma. And if you don't look at the data and take more data in and process it as an intelligent individual and connect with your higher self, then, guys, I'm telling you, I'm telling you, um, you're going to miss the picture. You're going to miss it. And so that's what I want for all of us. Angelus is same 2020 awakening for me. Um, let's see other questions in here on TikTok. I want to make sure I get my TikTok in. Um, uh, awesome. I will check him out. Carol, thank you very much. Is the moon a space station for observation and psychic beaming? Okay. Great question, Doxa. I do believe that the moon is some sort of base or station. I also believe it is a, essentially an antenna. I do believe it's round. Um, I, if you look at it, you can see, you know, how the arcs and stuff actually curves. You can look closely. So I do believe it's round. I think the reason it points to us all the time is that's by design. It's actually on a magnetic rift to actually follow the earth and point one side of it to the earth, which I've always found fascinating. Um, I don't know what's on the dark side of the moon, but I do from all the theories and stuff and even astronauts that have been there purportedly, whether you believe they have or not, um, there's been rumors the whole time of bases on the moon. So yeah, I believe in effect, it's, uh, some sort of antenna, uh, that code I talked about being embedded in the matrix here, being in a frequency where when you meditate into that frequency, it's like, whoa. That's what I'm talking about. And so, yeah, I believe that that's part of what's beaming it. I don't believe it's a deceptive thing. I believe it's there for those with eyes to see and ears to hear. Um, it's been there for a long time, since way before our history. Um, and ultimately, it's a reminder of who we really are. And I think it's part of uh, what Jesus tapped into. I don't think it's just technological. I think it's magnifying a frequency that's already there 
to penetrate our uh, firmament that keeps us from the cosmic um, awareness going on around us. So uh, Stephen says might be a soul catcher. Absolutely. I mean, there's, and then you got the dark satellite, right? There's the dark satellite. I think the dark satellite is the dark, the dark energy that when you get into a low vibration, you get those demonic voices, you get all of those things going on. I think that's, what's magnifying that. And I think the moon as talked about in the book of Enoch is where lady wisdom dwells. And it is a curse for those who have her not. It's also called Kingu in the ancient Sumerian mythology, being the king of the night, reflecting the right, being a witness to the light and ultimately continuing. Why is it that when more light hits it, you have um, this like magnified effect and you can feel it pulling on you and your emotions are heightened and everything. If you don't have wisdom and you're not in control of your emotions and you're not tapped into a higher frequency, you're just going to ebb and flow and be moved by it in whatever way it pulls you into your natural or lower mind, lower chakra tendencies. If you're in your higher mind, you're going to be pulled towards more beautiful things, bigger ideas, more intense visions and revelations. And guys, you know, how do you prove this? Just go look, go listen to people and go try it, by the way. Go try it. Start meditating on a full moon. Take the day off work. Forget about all your 3D worries. Go out into a beautiful natural space. Spend time looking at the full moon during the day. Be out there as the sun goes down, meditate on it at night, clear yourself of any inhibitions, any prior dogma. Don't pray to a specific deity, pray to a universal consciousness and ask it to connect with you and show you the truth and be willing to lay anything down that hinders you from that. And I promise you, your life will change. May not be easy, but I promise you, your life will change. So I love you guys. I hope you have a beautiful day. Uh, I'm going to go. It's five o'clock. We've been on for almost an hour here. Don't forget over at www.cubcooker.com for only seven bucks a month. You can join, get access to a whole slew of perks as a Cub Cooker Supernatural Insider as a part of our Mythos membership over there. The Mythos is the most popular one. It is our original membership and it's still going strong. We still have a ton of members from our original one as well as a lot of brand new members in the last week. So I'm very excited. We just relaunched that at a mere seven bucks a month. And it's a great way. It supports what I'm doing, by the way. Uh, it's a patron style membership and you get a ton of perks with it. You go do the drop down menu uh, right under that. Uh, right before you click on the checkout, you can look at all the perks it includes. You can also look at the step up from there, which is called Charisma. It's your choice. Cancel anytime. Look forward to welcoming you over there. I'm about to make a welcome post to all the new members as well as anyone that joins today. So be sure and join and I'll welcome you over there personally and you'll begin to get access to everything that I offer as bonuses for our insider community. So I love you guys. Thank you so much. Just scan the QR code on the screen right now. You guys have a fantastic day. Ashley says, best explanation of the moon's purpose I've ever heard. Thank you very much, my friend. I appreciate that. Namaste, Molly. I hope you're having a beautiful day, my friend. Uh, even if you're not ready, it cannot always be uh, night. Yes, absolutely. Uh, yeah, you don't have to do that at night, by the way. Um, I love going out to the Paladero Canyon over here on a full moon and hiking, and you can just see that anchor in the sky, and I always try to walk towards it. You can feel the magic, you know, um, and then just get all your worries, get all the bills and all the stuff off your back. And every time one of those thoughts come into your head, take control over it, 
and send it back into the universal energy and ask that energy, ask that consciousness, that spirit of Christ, that source of God within you to cleanse that, to heal that, to fix any issues you have around that, and ultimately bring you closer in abundance into understanding of what that true father, mother spirit is that loves you, wants to bless you, and wants to be a part of your ecosystem and ultimately have you manifest it because you're it. You are the way it manifests, by the way. It's present in all of our natural resources, all of our natural um, you know, ecosystems on the planet, plants and animals. But it, again, humanity continues to just step on, on that and put it underfoot. And, and we're given authority over that, over the plants and animals. And so we can look at that. We can bring balance to that. We can love that. Um, we can pray over that. We can bring good energy to that. We can cleanse and transmute that energy and bear the kingdom of God back into this system. The more we do that, the more you'll see that narrative change, by the way. And that's something that they don't tell you, that I'll tell you, by the way. You start doing that, you heal yourself and you start aligning yourself with the great spirit and with others and realizing they are no different than you, that they actually are you because there is only one being. You are the child of God and you sit at the right hand of the father and the mother as a part of a divine family. You're it and we are all one. When you realize that, reality gets a little bit weirder and a little bit simpler and I love it. So thank you guys. Look forward to meeting all of our new members. Thank you, guys. Um, Debbie said, I meant shadow people. Uh, also in the paranormal possession and exorcism, divine intervention. What do you think about paranormal shows? Debbie, I love paranormal shows. Been watching one right now. Lots of shadow people on it. Terrifying me, by the way. Not a big fan of shadow people uh, because they're very intelligent. Um, I do think that they're breaking through the, the fourth wall, if you will, the veil um they're not like ghosts ghosts are energies they're not intelligent um poltergeists are more demonic style energies or um they're really uncreated daemons that just want to cause mischief and they need to be controlled they need to be um wielded back into the universal energy either sent back into that or told what to do um, and then shadow people ultimately are breaking through the matrix. They're not supposed to do that. So shadow people are something that I definitely stay away from. I don't want to see one. I don't like them. They freak me out. Um, ghosts again, ghosts are memories and energies, and they're going to repeat like a, a slideshow in the matrix. They're just going to over and over and over. Now, anything interacting with the space is considered a poltergeist. Uh, man, I could do a whole show on this. And by the way, around Halloween, we are going to do a lot on this very thing. So uh, anyway, I hope that helps. My supernatural knowledge isn't always right, but I'm going to tell you right now, guys, it's real. I'm going to share authentically my opinion. You'll never get anything but that. I don't have an agenda here. So um, and I don't have anyone telling me what to write or create. I do, however, try to be a blessing to the algorithms um, in a way that makes the platforms look good. Uh, there's too many conspiracy theorists out there, too many angry people, too many people Rah, 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 rah. And I don't want to do that, guys. I want to have a fun, entertaining, and educational show that gets people outside of their mind, gets them into their higher mind, and ultimately connects them with love and bigger possibilities. That's what Cub Cooker Supernatural is all about. I'm not here to be your guru or your spiritual leader. I am a full-time content creator, and I love what I do. And I thank you to all of our insider members with Mythos and Charisma 
that support what I'm doing. You guys are awesome. Thank you, thank you, thank you. I love you all. God bless you. Namaste. Peace, and I will see you tomorrow. Thank you guys so much. Have a wonderful day.